it's, be, it's better. You know, than as Iago would have said, uh, quoting Eddie Murphy, "Now that I can't have no curse show, I mean, I gotta throw in a few jokes in between the curses. I can't come out and go, hello, filth, flour and filth, flour and filth, motherfucker, dick, pussy, snot and shit. Good night, uh, suck my dick." The theme song to the sequel cast is performed and written by Mark with a C. Check out his latest album, Motherfuckers Be Bullshitting, at markwithac.bandcamp.com. Now we return you to the sequel cast. Hello and welcome to the sequel cast. The sequel cast is a show that talks about movies in a franchise one movie at a time. We're kicking off a look at another franchise. This episode with uh, the start of the look at uh, Disney's animated Aladdin trilogy with the uh, first film in the series simply called Aladdin or uh, sometimes called, you know, Disney's Aladdin depending on how you want to title it. This film came out in 1992 directed by Ron Clements and John Musker who also directed The Little Mermaid uh, and was written by Ron Clements, John Musker, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Uh, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio also wrote um, or were contributing writers to all four of the live-action Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And uh, this features the voices of people such as Full House's Scott Weinger, um, comedic actor Robin Williams, uh, another comedian, Gilbert Gottfried, and uh, Frank Welker, Megatron himself, as Abu the Ape. Uh, music by... Okay, the monkey, very good. Uh, Actually, that was Thrasher you just heard there. Uh, the music is by Alan Menken, with the uh, lyrics by the late Howard Ashman, and uh, the not-so-late Tim Rice. Um, on a budget of $28 million, this made uh, half a billion dollars. This was Disney's most popular uh, cartoon up to that point. So, uh, with me on the show is Thrasher. BJ. Good day, all. <laughs> Phenomenal cosmic power! <laughs> and a special guest, uh, Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome to the sequel cast. Yarg, very good. Um, now, Lindsay, Yarg. you are a bit of a, uh, a artiste on the computer, is that right? Uh, what kind of stuff do you like to uh, do things with yeah. Photoshop or with a Wacom tablet, or what do you like to do? Um, I do some stuff in Photoshop. I've been experimenting kind of with more, like, markers lately. I don't know. You mean but drawing I, just I markers and then scanning it into the computer? Yeah, like, inks and... Oh, okay. And then um, I would, like, color it on the computer. So, uh, 
What is it that got you into artwork as uh, to begin with? Did you always draw when you were a uh, little kid? Oh yeah, I like I can't remember not drawing so. Um, kind of always been yeah, like, you know, my um, thing, I guess. Thrasher and BG and I, we all went uh, to an art school. Did you ever go to an art school or take any art classes in, in school? Is there I, a particular... Yeah, I have. Uh, also raised by one of my parents as an artist. So I kind of always had... Uh, when you first uh, doing artwork, artwork in the computer, whether it was whether it was uh, scanning stuff in or coloring it on the computer or just doing it whole, um, you know, from soup to nuts on the computer, was there something that really struck you that was different about uh, doing it by hand? And there's there's some things on the computer that I still prefer to do by hand, like to just to like draw the uh-huh. line art and stuff. I still I still prefer to do that like with an actual pencil, even if you have a, a tablet and stuff. It's not really the same. But then for coloring, I prefer to do the computer because you you can get you can get it to look much like smoother than you, than you could actually do in real life. I mean. You can. Uh, what kind of artwork do you have in your Deviant Art page, and uh, what's the website for that? Oh uh, my, Deviant Art—it's Lindsay the Human, not one word, no dashes, no anything. Now, how do we know <laughs> we can trust you? What if you're your well, she's obviously of, uh, an octopus? Can you see her picture on Skype? Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, but our listeners can. She was pirate Hulu. <laughs> I'm the crack. Um, uh, you mentioned you're working on getting a webcomic started. Are you uh, ready to talk a little bit about what your idea for it is? You'd rather not talk about it until it's actually up and running. I mean, I put a couple of strips uh-huh. up, but it's kind of just introduction stuff. It's kind of the idea of I don't want to say aloud because I haven't actually explained much in the actual comic, but it's kind of the idea of the world is all, something happened and the world is all one big desert. It's about, like, kind of, maybe a post-apocalyptic, maybe not. We'll see. But it's about the the people, kind of, you know, scavengers, wanderers, and the the people that are still there. But it's only like. Okay. Uh, yeah, and you can uh, <laughs> see uh, Lindsay's artwork over at Lindsay the Human. That's uh, Lindsay with a EY, not an AY. Uh, dot deviantart, uh, dot com, and we'll have a link to that on the sequel cast page and the Facebook page once it all goes online. Um, and speaking of the desert, you know, we're talking about Disney's Aladdin, which uh, a lot of it takes place in the desert or in a city in the desert. Uh, does anyone have any memories of seeing this in the... Did you first see it in the movie theater or at home on videotape or DVD? What are some uh, memories uh, any of y'all might have um, talking about Disney's Aladdin? Well, I think I think I saw this in the theater at least twice. It was just... Uh, when it came out, I was just... Uh, I was at a perfect age for this film. I had a really good time both times I saw it. This was definitely my most watched Disney. Now, Lindsay. 
I remember watching the VHS of this. I never, I don't think anyone saw it in the theater. Huh? It's actually in like a play yeah. of this too. When I was and little. And what part did you play? Like really little. I would, I would, I would just like. You weren't Aladdin's magical octopus friend. Or seven or something. No. Okay. <laughs> I wish he had magic. That would have been like the fourth season. <laughs> well, I guess we'll get it. Squiggles, the, uh, Squiggles, Persian octopus. Okay, Squiggles, Squiggles um, with a T. Yeah, I saw this in the theater, and you know, I saw this probably the week after I saw Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, my family had just moved to Atlanta, Georgia, from Centerville, Virginia, so that was uh, quite a move. And uh, yeah, as a, a boy, I uh, uh, excuse me. This was after Brazil. Or South America, this was yeah. after yeah, Brazil, yeah. right? Yeah, very good. Yep. When you were there. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, after all this things, you know, I, I, I went and saw this. And I liked, uh, I saw Beauty and the Beast and some other stuff like that in the theater. But this is one that really captured my imagination as a uh, 11 or 12-year-old boy. Because I think uh, Disney's Aladdin was really one of the first uh, successful attempts in a very long time that Disney uh, animated feature films had at doing a cartoon, I think, sort of uh, pitched more towards boys. I think it's, oh, the, like fir- Jungle it's Buck the first real male protagonist Pinocchio I can remember. The animal, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's The Jungle Book's really about the animals. I and, think. I mean, you, you do have Princess Jasmine, who's uh, kind of an interesting character, I guess. Feminist? I think she's the first, like... Well, she Eth- looks more ethnic, ethnic than Aladdin, uh, that's for sure. Princess, I guess you would say. <laughs> no, no, she she was... Uh, uh, Jasmine was uh, the first non-Caucasian uh, Disney princess, and I, I, be- I don't think Disney had... I don't actually... Uh, unless you count Tangled or uh, Enchanted, I don't think Disney's had a Caucasian princess since then. No, oh, with, with Pocahontas very, and like, uh, overcompensating Princess and the Frog sure. and um, Mulan. But Mulan really wasn't a princess. People kind of for marketing purposes, though. she is. Yeah, you yeah. Right. She's a the cartoon Disney princess, not an actual princess. princess. In that one. There's a Disney cartoon where Roseanne is one of the leads, and it's Wait, about what? a bunch of cows. I think it's called Home on the Range or something. And it was for their a last while. 2D yeah. animated film, I believe. Um, and then they just, just speaking of that, is uh, there CG in this one? one there's they even CG the in like Disney's Black Cauldron uh, cartoon. Uh, I could uh, Beauty and the Beast was, was right before. Beauty and the Beast yep. came before Aladdin, or was it after? Beauty and the Beast was before. Okay, I, I got it. Yeah, that's why I had to ask when this was because. You know, yeah, no, no, it was all around the same back time. When uh, I was watching Ninja and Turtles an interesting time. thing about this uh, Aladdin, a lot of it was kind of scrapped together at the last minute because they did complete storyboards and complete voiceovers and everything. They had a very detailed story pitch that was uh, totally turned da- uh, turned down by uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg at Disney at the time. He said, you got to redo this. And meanwhile, the movie was set to be released in a year and a half, uh, which isn't much time for animation. And the original pitch for this... Aladdin had three friends, and he had a mother that was kind of annoying, and um, the genie gave him as many wishes as he wanted. 
and uh, there was just a multitude of, of changes as far as the tone. Uh, the uh, the parrot uh, Iago was sort of like C three PO, like very dry and British, and Jafar was more campy, and Aladdin was younger, and all these things. And uh, so they they changed it and made it more uh, loosey goosey and comedic than the original intention, um, and it, it turned out very successful uh, financially, certainly. Well, of course, they had to there, scrap the Can we think of a Disney movie where there is a mother? That's a good point. A lot of orphans and Disney stuff. Um, as the mother, but you know, the mother doesn't raise the girl, it's the witch that raises the girl. Was that kind of her mother? I no, I think I think with Disney, it's all orphans, uh, at least one or, or at least one parent must be dead. Yeah. I cannot think of one where both parents were yeah, alive, or absent, right? Well, either well, dead or just absent. Well, that's true. In, in Hercules, his parents are both immortal, uh, and so they're not dead. But they are totally absent. I mean, uh, yeah, like, you know, uh, and, and a weird thing about the original plot of Aladdin is, like, now, in uh, Seattle, this past, uh, in the summer of uh, 2011, they did a test run of an Aladdin, you know, full-fledged two-act stage musical called Aladdin, the new stage musical that uses a lot of characters and songs from the original pitch of Aladdin that were not featured in the movie, um... So I think the storyline of that is going to be quite a bit different in some respects than uh, the cartoon. But uh, we're talking about the uh, the cartoon here. And uh, I, I look at Aladdin, look how the characters move and the tone, and it reminds me almost more of like a Warner Brothers, like an old Bugs Bunny cartoon with the sort of smart-ass, slapsticky action, fast-paced nature of it than what you typically... And stretch, yeah. Yeah, there's much more squash and squash and stretch uh, uh-huh. in the animation, especially with Iago and the genie. There's uh, a lot more music played for comedy, just a, a lot more flexibility and bounce to the music as well. Right, and the, whole, fact, the whole soundtrack uh, on the uh, the DVD for this is really interesting. They have a two hour documentary, which is longer than the film itself, about the making of it, and uh, they talk about an inspiration for the genie was uh, Cab Calloway who did the song Minnie the Moocher and um, how he yeah, kind of dance around and smile and shuck and jive and all this stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, Blues Brothers, yeah. That always makes me think of, uh, of Blues Brothers. Now, uh, oh, Lindsay, yeah, when you watched Blues Aladdin, the genie um, the scene is you are a, uh, a girl. Uh, did Jasmine seem like an interesting character? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, the magnificent woman. She's a woman, uh, Matt. Uh, you're welcome. Um, did you consider, Thank you. as a kid, uh, Jasmine an interesting character? Because uh, nowadays she's a character that people sort of say, "Oh, she's very two-dimensional" and all these things. Um, honestly, I never really cared much for any of the princess characters. But I would like not that I disliked them. I just, you know, I never looked at. But she's not a prize to be won. Ooh, they're pretty or something. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah. The okay, fact that yeah. I don't remember uh, her much. I think it's fair enough. Um, I guess says something. 
don't know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of time they're very passive characters. They're being rescued. Oh, you like the tiger? Yeah? What about the tiger? I like the tiger. <laughs> just like tigers? Okay. That's it. Uh, I don't know. I just like tigers. You know, I think uh, one of the uh, more interesting characters in this movie mm-hmm. that really sets the tone is uh, Iago the parrot, uh, voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. Because it starts out, the beginning, like Aladdin I don't think shows up until oh, yeah. uh, ten minutes into the picture. But Iago starts like a very typical cartoon parrot who's repeating everything the master says. And then at one point, immediately he turns to the camera and goes, oh, why won't this guy shut up and go into the cave? Or something like that. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not not what he said. Uh, he le- he leans into Jafar and goes, "Can and, you believe uh, this guy?" And it's this whole talking to the camera thing, which now might not seem that revolutionary, but at the time was very unusual to see in a theatrical cartoon of all places. Uh, yeah. Well, I- I'm going to have to disagree really with you, don't... Matt. Uh, the genie is the only character that breaks the fourth wall in this film. All of Iago's asides are directed at Jafar or Iago just talking to himself. It's the, the genie, the supernatural character, is the one that breaks the fourth wall. And even then, breaking the fourth wall has been a, a part of animation for, for quite a while. Now, it did not happen in D- Disney films uh, up to this point, but we had seen it in Warner Brothers films. Yeah, but I mean, it's also and, a device uh, uh, where a you have a character production. that's more entertaining for the adults, like Iago, and a character that's more entertaining for the kids, like uh, the carpet, or um, Abu the chimp. Well, the, the chip is there to fulfill the animation, the third animation command. And uh, Abu really reminded me a lot of Donald sidekick. Duck. In that you can't understand what he's saying a lot of the times. Most of the time, it, with Abu, it's not English. But it's when he talks, it's this kind of mush-mouth thing going on. And it's also a little bit like... Uh, he says Aladdin a few well, the times. Only It's kind of like when 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 people say they train their yeah. dogs to say words, and it kind of sounds like it, but really, <laughs> you can say "I love you." Exactly. <laughs> hey, Pooch, what's on top of the house, bro? <laughs> What was Napoleon's wife's That's, name? Josephine! Okay, um... No. Oh, God, please uh, don't, don't make us do Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Oh, God. Where are you? I shouldn't... I should not have said that, okay. Hey, speak, speaking of impressions... Very good. You know nice save, Thrasher. Nice save. Yeah, Robin Williams as the genie. Uh, he did this part in the movie for... Scale, which means, you know, basically minimum wage in actor terms. Um, but he said, I'll do it only if you don't pay me a lot and if you don't make the genie a major part of the marketing, which uh, Disney obviously violated. And uh, because of that, Robin Williams did not return for the sequel, uh, Return in Jafar, which we'll talk about next week. Uh, so do people... Oh, go on, BJ. Yeah, they... Oh, oh no... I was just going to say that the genie, the genie who is, you know, is very rubber elastic, 
amorphous, you know, never, you know, never holds the same shape because he's so bursting with magic. Uh, he he was based around the drawn style of the great caricaturist Albert Hirschfeld, and and he keeps turning into Hirschfeld characters. Right, while and the Disney would later use uh, the artwork and of Hirschfeld as an inspiration for a segment of Fantasia 2000, where it's a uh, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Isn't that the piece of music, Thrasher? I think I'm right on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, which is a uh, very neat segment of a so-so film. Um, right, no, I think the fluidity uh, is apparent with uh, most of the characters here in Aladdin. And that they look different than a lot of Disney cartoons. They don't. They look more angular. They don't look as round. They uh, have a lot more bounce to their movements, as you mentioned, with the squash and stretch. With the, yeah, I go the parrot. And uh, Robin Williams is someone I loved in movies as a kid, and as an adult, I admit I haven't seen a lot of his work, and I think uh, sometimes, even with serious stuff, Robin Williams can be very good. But when he's very bad, he's very bad. But I think, uh, you know, even though Robin Williams had been in a cartoon before with uh, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, as a kind of a sidekick character, he really had a chance to let loose in Aladdin. And uh, it really works well with his uh, style. What was that, BJ? He was... I didn't know he was the bat, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally couldn't pick him up. He, he was the bat. Yep. Tells you how long... Yeah, that's her Tim Curry, Curry reference for the episode. The, the blob monster yeah. in that, isn't it? That I remember. Tim Curry is also in a Disney sequel of Beauty and the Beast 2, where he plays the part of an evil organ. No, not that kind of organ, the uh, instrument. (laughs) Yeah. um. (laughs) If only, Matthew! Uh, Yeah, that's correct. His name is like Forte, Forte the Evil Um, Organ. So, I mean, do, do we like Robin Williams as the genie? Like, I thought it was funny, but, like, a lot. This movie used a lot of current references at the time, which can make it seem more dated than some other Disney stuff. Well, I don't know. I, I, just, I think that I mean, Robin Williams blows through so many references. I, I don't find the references dated. The references, in a way, are, are timeless, and like, and some of them are pretty obscure that I'm not even sure audience at the time would have uh, would have noticed. But my absolute favorite reference, simply because it is so obscure, is that whenever the genie explains the rules governing his wishes and his powers, he all he turns into a caricature of William F. Buckley and does the William F. Buckley voice, and I think that is so he also great. Who, Peter who in the audience when he's is talking get that? about like you can't raise people from the dead? Um. Yeah, although Peter Lorre's voice has been yeah, reproduced uh, in cartoons since there was an actual right. Peter Lorre. Um, did you like the genie, Lindsay? I like the genie. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you like have any more uh, than choice Jasmine. from the movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I probably did. I Toys from lots of things. Yeah. I think of of Aladdin, not of the genie. Maybe they did kind of listen to him at that time. You know, a little bit, but I mean, on the posters, they had the genie as a huge part of the poster. Um, So, yeah, I'm not sure if they... I certainly didn't have any toys. I mean, it's kind of hard 
to do that right. because he's kind of important <laughs> to the plot. You can't just leave him out. He's kind of, you know, central. Well, I don't know, like that movie poster where it's just the lamp with, with the, the swirling sparks coming out of it. That is that is a beautiful poster. It is so simple. It, it really gets across the, the wonder yeah, that that's inherent to the Aladdin story. It, you know, kind of teases it, and it's a story that everyone knows. But uh, So, I mean, in this film, you got... Uh, musical numbers, but there's not as many in Aladdin as in things like Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid. Is there any songs in this that Pete, that we uh, seem to like? I uh, I always liked uh, Never Had a Friend Like Me. I thought it was a nice... You know, Robin Williams doesn't have the best uh, singing voice, but it's kind of an excuse for him to do a lot of imitations to a jazzy background, and uh, it works. Having seen him perform live, I, I really can see him being the genie. Because he jumped oh, yeah. around like that. Like, <laughs> that was not a stretch for him at all. That, no, that, I mean, I could have, when I, when I saw him, it was a couple Christmases ago as a, a, a present, we got tickets, and I could have just closed my eyes and imagined him being blue. <laughs> and it just would have been a really foul mouthed genie. Which would have made it even funnier. Does uh, anyone here like the most famous song from the picture, A Whole New World? It's it's a good song, but, but it, it's a it's a it's a beautiful song. Although I, I still think it never had a friend like me is my favorite. It's the song that has the most life. Although A uh, Whole New World is probably my favorite Disney romantic song. It seems the least forced, the least cliche. And the images that they use in the movie with that song, I, I think, are flawless. You know, whenever I'm flying on my flying carpet, I start singing it to myself. <laughs> I'm always listening to uh, you know, when I'm on mine. Even as a little a kid, even as a little kid, when I watched Aladdin, uh, listening to A Whole New World, I had the soundtrack on audio cassette and listened to it over and over again until the tape broke. Um is I always thought that the lyrics were about uh, them losing their, uh, Jasmine losing her virginity to Aladdin. And every time I tell that to people, they get very, very upset with me. <laughs> well, they said, Matt, you ruined the song. And, uh... uh... <laughs> Matt, I don't think you ruined the song. That being said, we know they don't have sex because we see them singing the whole song. Like, they don't have enough time to have sex, regardless of how inexperienced either one might be. And now, let me what do you tell think you, about, Aladdin is probably not What do you think about that theory, Lindsay? You saw the, you saw the way they were looked at. Well, I'm going to read some lyrics out loud, and tell me if I'm wrong. Okay? Uh, nope, I'm going to read them, because I have them right Oh, can I read them like Shatner? You want me, I can do it as Shatner, if you want. Damn. How do you want me to do it as? Do a dramatic Christopher reading. Christopher Lee, William Shatner. Uh... No, no, no. Can you do uh, it as Robin Williams? I'll just do a straight reading. As the genie. Unbelievable sights, indescribable feeling, soaring, tumbling, freewheeling through an endless diamond sky. A whole new world, don't you dare close your eyes. A hundred thousand things to see. Hold your breath, it gets better. I'm like a shooting star. I've come so far. I can't go back to where I used to be. A whole new world, every turn a surprise. 
with new horizons to pursue every moment red letter. I'll chase them anywhere there's time to spare. Let me share this whole new world with you. A thrilling chase, a wondrous place for you and me. Um, I hate you, man. Well, you, you used well but I did it in a comedic count. fashion <laughs> as a, a dramatic rating. So that uh, protects us under parody, <laughs> which uh, isn't much protection at all, but that's okay. Sopa didn't pass. I think we're, we're safe. Um, what kind of protection they, you, they, they, they curled up, uh, Aladdin curled up a little end of the uh, the carpet right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The carpet has a stain. Oh, carpet. The, the carpet's trying to shake it off, and that's why he's flying through the. That's why he's flying through the clouds. See, get the stain off, so the genie doesn't notice. Like hundreds of years later, we have this like carpet is, is an ancient artifact. And, uh, the like, carpet has a half carpet, yeah. half a lap, baby. With the uh... <laughs> oh, I have that okay. Idea. So oh, now God, that I've I gone to that, that inappropriate tangent, did you know that you drunk deep from uh, that well? <laughs> I apologize, Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> What do you think about, you know, uh, Disney cartoons have bad guys that are sometimes memorable. What do you think of Jafar? He's not as campy or, or showboating as a character like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. But is he a threatening villain? Yeah, he looks evil. Yeah. of any of the uh, villains. Oh, yeah. He's got the bad guy goatee and the big snake staff yep. and a freaking parrot that sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, that's... Black and red, all spiky and angular. And And then he hangs around the really bumbling, you know, king. Well, I think that's one of the reasons Jafar works so well as a villain is that he's so understated and so restrained. I think if you have him around someone like, you know, the sultan who's like... Yeah, you, you feel bad Bumbling for the Sultan. He looks king. so happy and jolly. He looks a little bit like uh, the design of Belle's, what, is it her father in Beauty and the Beast? The fat guy with the uh, mustache? A bit, yeah. And, uh, I think it's Belle's father. But right, I mean, he seems like such a jolly guy, and he just happens to have the wrong assistant, as far as Jafar goes, and he's hypnotized all the time and gives him the, the diamond and all these things. So... I'm saying if you have Jafar I, I think he next also is, to a guy like that, it makes him seem more evil. Right, and uh, I think Jafar is also menacing because he doesn't really get his own show tune. He kind of sings his own version of Prince Ali for like one minute. But um, originally he was supposed to have a lot of song and dance numbers about how the Sultan never treats him fairly and it's his time to get revenge. And uh, I think that would have undercut um, the evenness of the character. If he had... Not to say yeah, the, the restrained Jafar we got is is menacing and flawless. And uh, do you know something about the the actor that did the voice of uh, Jafar? He did not die. Uh, he died halfway through the recording. But he song. did play the part of Jafar in the stage run of Aladdin, uh, a new musical in Seattle. That's kind of strange that they hired him to play it, you know, on the stage version. Even though he's kind of like a dumpy-looking white guy. 
You know, once you put him up on stage and you're sitting back a ways, you put that big vizier hat on That's him, true. you won't notice. Because the voice will be right. Like, there's no de- there's no denying that it's the right Supposedly, voice. Supposedly, you know who they were supposed to cast as Jafar instead, but it didn't work out? Patrick Stewart. Robin Williams. Can you imagine that Ooh. voice coming from that Ooh, character? Oh, wow. Thankfully, they record in separate studios because I don't. I can't imagine <laughs> Robin Williams and Patrick Stewart recording in the same studio. What would that sound like? They would kill each other. What would that sound like? You'd be Robin Williams. I'd be Patrick Stewart. Pardon? Oh, okay. Oh, hey, Pat. Mind if I call you, Pat? Oh, I can't wait to record. Oh, you played the villain. That's great. Oh, we played some live speed. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Damn. Sorry, this isn't Star Trek. Uh, go from the top. Oh, looks like you're getting trapped in your role. I got trapped in the role once. I'd rather be trapped like a pig in a blanket. Robin oh, Williams. Blanket. Those delicious. Oh, yes, this is the worst wonderful. Patrick Stewart impression out there on the internet. Okay. I... Oh, I don't know. I All right, think that I was a, can... A terrible oh, yes, and fantastic. now we're taking back to the sequel cast. Uh, <laughs> yes. We, uh, why we don't we talk about the sequel cast? You know, you can listen to the sequel cast on Stitcher. Stitcher is an app uh, you can download on your iPhone or Android phone or BlackBerry or even listen to it on your computer through the website. And uh, what it is is you can listen to your podcast streaming, so you don't have to wait forever to things to download. You can just listen to it live, on the go, streaming, immediate gratification. And uh, if you sign up for Stitcher, which is free, at sequelcast.stitcher.com, or www.sequelcast.stitcher.com and sign up. Sequelcast will be automatically added as one of your favorite shows and you have a chance to win a hundred U.S. dollars. So, that's uh, stitcher.com S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R Listen to us on Stitcher! And I really like it. I prefer it to... uh well, thank you, BJ. That's very nice. And uh, the only thing you have to watch for with Stitcher is um, streaming can sometimes take up some data on your phone plan, but it's not very much if it's audio. Uh, it's not like you're watching a Netflix movie on there. That's what really kills you for bandwidth limitations. Um, and uh, a special thanks, of course, to Mark with the C, who uh, wrote and performed our brand new theme song. And uh, you can check out all his stuff at markwithac.bandcamp.com. His latest album is called Motherfuckers Be Bullshitting. And he currently has a Kickstarter project floating around there to put uh, one of his albums on vinyl. So, pretty cool. Um, back to Disney's Aladdin. Uh, what, what do we think about the pacing of this cartoon? Do we think it's a little bit slow, or do you think it moves at a good pace? I actually think the movie could have been a little longer. Yeah, there's not much of the film after um, Jafar. What What is it? He gets the lamp, and then he becomes a genie, kind of, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, well you're really skipping ahead, <laughs> but, but yeah, Jafar like the gets the lamp, uh, takes, over the, takes over the Sultanate, uh, becomes a ridiculously powerful sorcerer, eventually Aladdin shows up, outsmarts him by... Tr- Breaking Jafar and wishing that he was a genie. 
Right. Well, well, that because that's the thing. If he becomes a genie, he also becomes a genie in a lamp. Because that's just that's all part and parcel of the whole genie bit. Very cool. Phenomenal cosmic <laughs> power. Space. It's my favorite line from the from the movie. It's, it's just it's got such. Uh, you don't normally think of Robin Williams as having gravitas. But just the kind of really puffs himself up. Do you want to know some other people that he served before the genie? Uh, Nope. They considered John Candy, though. Jack Nicholson. And uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy as the genie, which kind of makes sense. Um, Uh, I don't think Eddie Murphy could... Well, provided he probably would have done Donkey from Shrek. It would have been the dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to grant you a wish. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the little dragon from... Yeah, the, oh, what was that dragon? From, you're right. That was kind of... Mushu, yeah. Eddie Murphy was also supposed to be the taxi cab in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But, um... That didn't work out either. So... And they've been talking about a sequel for Roger Rabbit for years and years, but, um... Yes, yes. Who plugged uh, Roger Rabbit? Yeah, and, uh... But the novel that Roger Rabbit is based on, and it was actually based off the novel, is called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And, uh... The movie... Sorry, the novel is called... Something else entirely. Um, you're you're correct. Yep, yep. Uh, and, uh, both those novels right. written in the first person, uh, and you know, and more detective stories than what was in the movie. Um, so, for what that's worth, and they're also both available as uh, eBooks through Amazon.com. We do not have any other sponsors. Do we have any other sponsors? Um, would you agree with the assessment of Aladdin that the depiction of Arabians is somewhat racist? Specifically, I'm thinking of the palace guards and all those things. Are you asking the universe or something? Disney movie has that kind of caricaturized. I mean, that. Uh, I mean, look at Beauty and the Beast, the the village. There. I mean, right? You know, it's it's a cartoon. They they often use caricature to get a point across quickly. Um, and uh, the design of some of the guards reminded me of some of the Warner Brothers designs of uh, uh, some of the episodes, or like Bugs Bunny would go uh, to the Middle East or whatever. Some of those similar looks to him. Uh. Lindsay, do you... Yeah. But especially in, like, background character cards and stuff, they'll just be these general stereotype right, you're right. characters that you're never going to see much. them in. Um, I mean, if, if... I don't know. If you get super offended over a cartoon, there's a lot more important things you could be getting offended about, I think. But... I think people have forgotten to have fun, how to have fun in movies and TV now. They're so worried about getting offended or being offended by something. They just forgot how to sit back and enjoy the story. 
many times do I have to hear about redhead not having souls? Damn ginger princes. Damn them. Uh, any more thoughts on Aladdin? We still got some time. Uh, Then occurred something that occurred to me when I, I rewatched it uh, recently. Uh, that like I, I really do like the genie. I like the genie's sense of humor. Uh, you know, I, I, I like that. You know, clearly they gave Robin Williams some room to improvise. But I, I realized I like the genie as a character. I would hate to have to spend any amount of time around that genie. And I realized why. Um, the genie, have you guys ever had a friend that thinks they're hilarious and feels that they have to comment on everything? I know you're talking about me, Thrasher, but I am hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, that's, what the, that's what the genie's like. It's like, no matter what's happening, he has to, he has to be doing some shtick or some gag. And those, those people I find really sort of you just try my patience. There's a there's a lack of confidence that comes with not simply letting moments come and go. There's a guy who talks for mm, the yeah, whole yeah. film and makes little jokes the whole time. Yeah. And I also feel really sorry for... What was that? What was that, Lindsay? I guess that's why they put him in the lamp in the first place. Someone, someone must have gotten bothered by him eventually. No, no, I can see it now. He was the most annoying, wisecrackety genie in the city of Brass. So the Lord of all Djinn, uh, played by Patrick Stewart, imprisoned I think that's him what Disney's going to do for uh, Aladdin 4, is the origin of the genie. No. Are you serious? Okay, good. But um, the other thing, though, is I feel I feel really sorry for Abu. It just seems really cruel that when when uh, Aladdin wishes to be a prince and the genie makes all the uh, makes all the the you know the the servants and treasure and all the stuff appear for absolutely no adequately explained reason. Rather than simply magicking up an elephant for Aladdin to ride on, he turns Abu into an elephant. So you have this agile, nimble, tiny creature that is now imprisoned in a giant, cumbersome body that has way more power than he's used to controlling. Yeah, that is... It is It is very much like Cinderella. Kind of like a Cinderella call, thing. Lindsay. And uh, also it's a bit weird. You have the song Friend Like Me, and then almost immediately afterwards, you know, because he wishes to be a prince, you get the song Prince Ali... But uh, both songs are kind of very similar in that they're very madcap and um, have a lot of stuff going on at once. And I would have liked a bit more... Go on. Well, it's part of... I think it's... Oh, I think, I think that's just sort of part, part of the theme. Any song, with the, any song that has to do with something with the genie has to have that, that balance. Yeah, in fact, they wrote a few more songs for the genie to have, and they decided to cut them, because they decided, well, the genie has enough screen time already. This movie is called Aladdin, after all. It's not called Genie. So. Although. Although, the, I would say the, 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 the Prince Ali song, that's a marvelous, complex song, and I love... 
I love how many rhymes they get in. They just have some awesome rhymes. You know, I, just, I love that you know, the song closed out. He's got 40 fakers <laughs> and cooks and bakers and birds that warble on key. Like, it's so, it's so nicely constructed. They just throw in so many words. Although, it's not pronounced faker, it's pronounced fakir. They, re- they actually keep up with the song, with the animation. Like that, and that's a task in that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, we get to see guards dancing like monkeys. <laughs> He's got the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. Yeah, that, that little snippet it, always something about monkeys and laugh. comedies. I don't know. Indiana Jones had a monkey. Bad dates. But he yeah. died. Except in the fourth one where they, you know, swing the you know, baby Indian. Uh, Lindsay, is there anything in your, uh, as we talk about Aladdin, that kind of comes to mind to you about the movie as a whole, that, or parts that you liked? I'm trying to think. I'm just, like, remembering things as you're talking about them, because I haven't seen this in a long time. I just remember liking all the kind of madcap songs, like, you know, Prince Ali, with the, all the kind of madcap stuff a lot. More so than, like, all the world. That type of thing. Uh, I think it might be interesting if I take a second to read an excerpt from the original story that Aladdin is based off of. From the uh, Sir Richard Burton, uh, is that yes. correct? Translation? of uh, Translation of A Thousand and One Nights, also oh, yes, known as Arabian Nights. And, uh, which is a ten-volume collection of uh, short stories with kind of a big wraparound story. It is the wraparound story to end all wraparound stories. Folks, you, you really owe it to yourself to read this book. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I, I started reading it as research for a, a LARP I was developing, and uh, I, I went all the way through. It really stuck with me. That is one of the mm. best LARPs we ever did, too. It, it's such good material. We really should do it there. What was that? That was one of our best LARPs, and we really should do another. I and mean, that was amazing. That's such great material. Well, there's so much to work with. I honestly, I would, I would love to do a LARP about Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, <laughs> and everybody plays the Forty Thieves. Maybe. I wonder if we could get forty people. In a, is that? Do you think that's a Gen Con or a, um, or a uh, Origins kind of game? I, I, I would do. I would do both. With the investment we would put in time-wise, I would do both. Although Let me I think read that's, that's this a conversation uh, excerpt briefly. <laughs> it hath yes. reached me, O king of the age, that the genie, the slave of the lamp, when appearing to Aladdin, said, Ask, O my lord, whatso thou wantest, for I am thy slave, and the thrall of whoso hath the lamp. And, said the lad, I desire that thou bring me a tray of food like unto that thou broughtest me erewhiles, for indeed I am famished. Accordingly, in the glance of an eye, the slave produced a similar tray supporting twelve platters of the most sumptuous, furnished with requisite cates, and thereon stood clean bread and sundry glass bottles of strained wine. Now Aladdin's mother had gone out, and when she knew he was about to rub the lamp, 
that she might not look again upon the genie, but after a while she returned, and when she sighted the tray covered with silver and platters and smelt the savor of the rich meats diffused over the house, she marveled and rejoiced. Thereupon, quoth he, Look, O my mother, thou badest me throw away the lamp, see now its virtues. And quoth she, O my son, Allah increases veal, but I will not look upon him. Then the lad sat down with his parent to the tray, and they ate and drank until they were satisfied, after which they removed what remained for use on the morrow. As soon as the meats had been consumed, Aladdin arose and stowed away under his clothes a platter of the platters, and went forth to find the Jew, proposing to sell it to him. And uh, there I stop. So, um, obviously this was something written a, a long time ago, and with this translation, it, it almost comes across as like a biblical excerpt or something. But, um... Again, you can find those all online for free, because uh, it's really old. So, <laughs> public domain. <I> could... <laughs> what? It's, it's public domain. It was, was written. Yes. That that particular edition was done in the 1800s. Almost any um, ebook repository will have it for free on it. Um, you know, whether you use you know Barnes and Noble or Kobo or. Yes, yeah. Whatever. Yep. You'll be able to find it. I think you can no, get it on Project Gutenberg. I'm just trying to imagine the Robin yeah, I don't, Williams that's, that's... genie talking okay. like that. Doesn't... Ooh, I could do that. Oh, great. Uh, let me... Uh, send me a okay. link to the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my liege. It's like, how could he... Hold on. Lots of uh, artistic license in that movie, say the least. I'm going to cut and paste this into the chat box. So, do you see that, Thrasher? Okay, read that as Robin Williams. Ah, yes. Ask my lord, what so thou want to spread slave in the throne of those who have the lamp? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, Yeah, that would have been different. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> If you had tried to do a very sort of literal translation of these tales, I mean, it would be a, a mini-series that would last for hundreds of seasons. I mean, it, it's a very uh, dense work. And uh, Well, that's, I mean, that's part, part of the point, is it's supposed to be long, and the language is very formal and florid, and, and, and which is, is both beautiful and, and right. you know, and, uh, to, to our Anglo-Saxon talking about exotic, Disney's Aladdin... Um, did anyone have any uh, memories of playing the uh, Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo Aladdin uh, video games? You played it last year? How did that happen? Yes, last year. Uh, uh, my uh, girlfriend Sarah has a friend who who has he, he, he quite well and truly does collect video games. And he, the, the short of it is that one night hanging out at his place, we just a lot played a bunch of Disney tie-in video games, including The Lion King and uh, and, and Aladdin. And yeah, it's kind Aladdin of like a, a Mario kind well. of side-scrolling game. Uh, but it, it is something where you... Uh, it, it The Genesis version in particular, they uh, use the cooperation of Disney to really get that animation to look good. And uh, it's quite difficult, at least I thought it was. Um, do you ever play this? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. 
Mule. Sorry, I can't comment. I didn't have either of those systems. Yeah, I didn't. It's quite the leap. So. I went from NES to GameCube. <laughs> yes, it is. Future Shock. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, for a movie we all love. You know, I think it's we, because if you like something, there's not much to, say, to say. But in the sequel cast, we watch things that so often are. If we don't hate them, they're kind of annoying or whatever. It's much easier to bash on something than to praise it. I think. Yeah, right. No, that's exactly just, it. Oh, it's great! And, and so I, I have a feeling when we talk about these <laughs> Aladdin sequels in the coming weeks, we'll uh, have more to talk about. Um, you know what's it's funny? I, I guess know, I'm totally very fond of the sequels. Yeah, for all its persistence, the Aladdin... Uh, yeah, there was Aladdin an animated uh, TV series well that went on, I think, for two seasons. And, um... I remember watching it for much well, there, longer there, than they must yeah. have had it. Yeah, there were very long forever. seasons, and they used oh, uh, the voices really from the movie for the most part, except for uh, Robin Williams as the genie, of course. Instead, they used uh, Dan Castellaneta, Homer Simpson himself, as the voice of the genie. You know, he's very passable. Like, you, you'd have to... It's very subtle, the differences between him yeah. and Robin Williams. Like, I... I he, unless you're really, really listening for it, you don't notice it. Like, I spotted it, but that's only because I'm a huge Dan Castellaneta fan, and, and I've gotten fairly good at picking out his voice, but... But no, it is good. I mean, he really... I mean, like, in an interview, Dan Castellaneta kind of described that as a thankless job, because you're... You know, Robin Williams is such a huge, uh, famous comic actor. Trying to stand in those shoes, what do you do? Uh, you just have to do uh, the best you can. And I, I agree. I think he was very admirable. Um, and you know, in the sequels, as we'll talk about them in the coming weeks, you know, um, Iago kind of becomes sort of more of a good guy character, sort of. And uh, yeah, animal sidekick, but um, well, animal sidekick. So. Oh, I actually noticed one one thing one thing that occurred to me, and I guess this is never really explained in the film. But does the lamp only work for humans? Because um, because like I- Iago spends a lot of time with the lamp. He's pretty devious <laughs> in his own right. You'd think he'd think, "Wait a minute! If I keep the lamp, then I don't need uh, to make cheese." You're right. And likewise. You know, when Jafar turns into the genie, why not just grab Jafar's lamp and make Jafar his servant? I think that would be a, a I don't know. I think, you know, they had to keep things moving um, in the film, but that would have been an interesting twist. Uh, what if, you know, Iago had a genie that looked like Iago that was like a bird genie? I guess that's, a, that's not a very good idea, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. we a third, We've already got two genies in this third movie. Genie. We don't need another species. Wishes, wishes. All you guys want is wishes. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We should do it with Robin Williams as Iago. And I don't like anything. Godfrey oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> I don't do impressions. <laughs> what? 
That's your wish. <laughs> no love, no murder. No. Did you know wish. that the film That's Aladdin wish. was first released on videotape on October 1st, 1993 as part of the Walt Disney Classics line? God, that kills my voice. I can't do that. <coughs> so, there's, so there's a talent agent, and he's getting ready to close up shop for the day. But then his secretary comes in and says, Boss, we got one more act we want to show you. They've been waiting all day. They're real persistent. Jeez. So in comes a, a, a father, <laughs> mother, two kids, grandma, oh, and a dog. And right off the bat, the talent agent says, We're not reviewing family acts today. And... I could go on, but... Um... Stop! You know, we already have the mature rating anyway, so... (laughs) No, no, the thing is, I've done that joke, and I've made it run on for, like, 20-plus minutes. I... Maybe it's a special feature, but I'm I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna drown out the rest of this podcast. I've talked too much Uh, already. Can I do an imitation really quick before we close things out? Of Iago reading uh, a line from Eddie Murphy's stand-up special, Raw. <laughs> was my Iago passable? I guess okay. I should start by asking that. <laughs> no, that's not really answering the question, but... Okay. It's your Iago. Uh, Alright, this is uh, a story about Eddie Murphy talking about Richard Pryor <laughs> talking about um, Bill Cosby complaining about Eddie Murphy's material in his act. <laughs> that's not confusing at all. Uh. <laughs> Richard said the next time the motherfucker call tell him I said suck my dick I don't give a fuck whatever the fuck make the people laugh say that shit do the people laugh when you say what you say I said yes he said do you get paid I said yes he said well tell Bill I said have a coke and smile and shut the fuck up jello pudding eating motherfucker <laughs> I'm just imagining the parrot. Sure, he'd be pacing back and forth time. on the floor, spitting very angry. Should we, should we make that a new game on now, the show where we just do horrible impersonations? Like this has to be an internet game. What are you a doing? Picture of Yago. <laughs> I should do that. I should Would take that clip from the show. Under it. Jello pudding eating motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. Okay. Um, <laughs> that sounds more like a uh, Ed Asner, but all right. Uh, why don't we, we let's do our pitch a sequel game in which we pretend the Aladdin sequels didn't exist. So if you're going to pitch a uh, come up with a quick idea, in other words, for a sequel to this original Aladdin film, what would it be? Um, I'll start. I think I would have the idea of Aladdin having an adventure not relating to uh, what happened to Jafar. I think that's going back to the well too quickly. Instead, I think you would have it take place uh, ten years later where Aladdin and Jasmine are, uh, are getting a divorce. And the genie decides to give up... And uh, the genie decides to give up his wish that Aladdin <laughs> granted him of him being free. He says, I'll be a slave... But uh, that means there's still one wish in the hopper. And who's going to get this wish? Is it going to be Aladdin or is it going to be Jasmine? So it would be like a, a gripping divorce drama 
with Aladdin and Jasmine, and, and the genie's kind of the kid in the middle, deciding uh, who to live with and who to grant wishes to. It's called Aladdin and Jasmine and Genie and Abu. Really, I thought it would be like uh, irreconcilable wishes. Does that sound like a sequel anybody would want to see? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> As a short film or fake trailer, maybe. Only if you could bring back Robin Williams <laughs> to play the, the sad child. Uh, BJ, do you have an idea for an Aladdin sequel? The Rasher? Come back to me. I, I gotta mull this over here. Okay, I got one. Uh, so, we got, so, you know, Aladdin, Jasmine, Mary, they're doing great. The genie is, you know, having his adventures around the world. Uh, Agrabah is still a prosperous, uh, well-defended, uh, well-defended uh, nation in the Middle East. However, in the Cave of Wonders, Iago manages to squeeze his way out of the lamp, and lo and behold, he finds out that if he rubs the lamp, he gets to command the power of Jafar the genie. So, uh, oh yeah. So, so it's Jafar, you know, Jafar still wants to get revenge on the Sultan for all the bad crackers, but it's really just Jafar making ridiculous, I'm not Jafar, it's, it's Iago, Iago's revenge on the Sultan for the crackers. So Iago is, it's all about Iago making these short-sighted, irresponsible wishes, you know, just for his own amusement and gratification, and, and it's just metaphysically, you know, fucking up the whole area. So eventually Aladdin and Jasmine, uh, under, uh, with, with the help of the genie, who of course can't directly use his magic because of some code of the genies, a genie can't magic another genie, uh, but, but he knows all the genie rules so he can still advise them, they have to go and get the lamp away from Iago so that he can't keep screwing things up. And uh, the thing is, Iago has found a loophole against the uh, uh, that gets around the wishing for more wishes. That's what that's what he does because his first wish is he makes two wishes, and then his last wish is always that Jafar erases his own memory of how many wishes he's granted. But as a result, Jafar the genie keeps getting dumber and dumber because he keeps blanking out chunks of his mind. <clears throat> And it will be called. Uh, it'll be called uh, Aladdin Two. Lindsay, you uh, said that was your idea as well. Well, the basic idea of Iago finding the lamp and kind of turning the tables on Jafar and making him have to oh, okay. grant his wishes. I didn't take it that far. I didn't get to think that far. Where would you take it? Basher stole it. I don't know. I don't know what, what else I would do besides that. You could do a because film actually, about kind of uh, Jafar inside the evil lamp, where the whole screen is complete darkness because he can't see anything. Because he's in the lamp. <laughs> That's his one-man yeah. show. That would be some weird like art movie show and yeah, some, some sort of like Sundance festival movie. All right, so here, here's I got a pitch finally. So Aladdin, Aladdin becomes Sultan, and um, in under you know, the many gifts that are given to him as becoming Sultan and getting married is an idol from India, and he and the genie happen to both touch it at the same time and are switched in places. 
And so it's all about Aladdin trying to get the genie to switch back because the genie, well, hey, the genie got had got to have tea with the the uh, the princess there. When he also has to below the belt. He's not <laughs> so he's gonna. So, so there's all these hijinks of um, of Aladdin trying to figure out the genie power. You know the well the the watered down genie powers. Since he's got powers, he's just not you know phenomenal or cosmic anymore. Hmm. What's the title? Or of I that? would just scrap. I would just scrap Aladdin altogether and go to another Arabian Nights uh, tale. Yes, which would have been an amazing thing for them to do. Uh, DreamWorks did a Sinbad Disney Sinbad. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was okay, but Disney Disney's, would have done. It would have been better. Disney's Abu Muhammad uh, what, what story about might be pretty cool. Uh, it's it's a story about the laziest the laziest boy in all of Arabia. Like um, imagine Aladdin if he never got out of bed, uh, but. But he start, but he it, throughout the course of, of the story, he keeps finding this amazing good fortune, but doesn't really know what to do with it. But you know, as, as the story progresses, you know, he, he becomes a man and a hero. But he, it's it is comical how lazy this this character is. And in fact, he's originally taken before the Sultan because the Sultan can't believe that someone this lazy actually exists. And so his mother has to pick him up and carry him to the Sultan's audience chamber. Uh, so, in conclusion, would uh, let's go around and uh, would we recommend uh, people watch Disney's Aladdin? Uh, I definitely would. I think it holds up well. Uh, some of the humor might be a bit dated, but uh, it's still um, a lot of fun. Certainly, one of the more uh, I'd almost say recent, but that's not even true anymore. But um, one of the more entertaining Disney animated feature films, uh, Thrasher. It's, it it holds up well after the past twenty years. Uh, the the only thing that dates it is that uh, the, the the film did use a lot of a lot of CGI. It was pioneering in that way, and while the carpet still looks amazing. As a CGI character, some of the CGI action in the Cave of Wonders, you you can really see you can really see that it was a, the de- a developing technology at the time. But that but that's a real minor quibble. I think it works really well. I would go uh, uh, four four and a third stars. Uh, BJ, I de- I definitely would recommend it. I think it's it's something very enjoyable to watch with kids or younger. Uh, you know, nephews, nieces, friends, children, whatever, because they'll laugh at Iago, and you'll you'll laugh at him too, because you'll think about, hey, I remember when this was current. Uh, it definitely has got a good nostalgia feel to it. Um, Lindsay. I would definitely recommend it. It would also. I would. Think it'd be good if you like had younger kids who didn't see it like when it was you know the time it was out. So then it'd be it's kind of fun to watch not just this but like like classic older animated. I guess this is older now ish um, animated things because it's like it's new for them and then it's nostalgic for you. So. 
that's always fun. Yeah. Um, very good. Well, uh, again, you can check out uh, Lindsay's artwork at uh, lindsaythehuman.deviantart.com. And uh, thanks for uh, coming on the sequel cast. Not a problem. Is there any thanks last thing about Aladdin you wanted to mention? Having me. Oh, okay. That's very good. Um, a friend like me, I don't know. That's good. That's, be- that's better. You know, than as Iago would have said, uh, quoting up. Eddie Murphy, "Now that I can't have no curse show, I mean, I gotta throw in a few jokes in between the curses. I can't come out and go, hello, filth, flar, and filth, flar, and filth, motherfucker, dick, pussy, snot, and shit. Good night, suck my dick." Uh, I think you just end it there with the goodnight. No, that was fun. I hope it wasn't too offensive. I know how to make people, I know how to make the uh, ladies. Oh, man. I could have had a career. Again. My teacher said I had promise. It was the learning annex. They say that to everyone. I don't want your stupid genie friends crashing on our futon anymore. Look, he's out of work. Give him a break, okay? All right, well, if you hate the genie so much, answer me this. How come one of our kids is blue? I suck with that genie. It was the worst sex of my life. Yo, I also had sex with a genie, by the way.